Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by, tuning into these episodes. Would really appreciate, as I mentioned every week, write a review, rate the podcast, rate the episode, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and help us spread the word, helping leaders out there become a little more supernatural. Super excited about today's episode. And uh, I haven't come at you in a while, actually, just me. I've been coming at you quite a bit with different people, having amazing chats. Hope you've been enjoying those chats, enjoying those interview style conversations. And uh, But today, uh, we're going back a little bit old school. I know it hasn't, it's been a while, but uh, we started off this way. And we're, of course, we're going to continue. It was never my intention just to do the interview style, but I have been enjoying it, Got a, getting a lot of good feedback as well from so many people that have been enjoying the episodes with some of the guests that we've had on in the last little while. But today, this episode, I'm believing is going to spark an introspective look and really a deep awareness of what type of leader you are. And the title of this episode really is a, a provoking question, and that's filler or builder, filler or builder, leading better and bigger. And this really, this episode is for those on leadership teams, those on leadership teams. Now, of course, it applies to uh, anybody and everyone out there. Um, you can apply these principles, but uh, it definitely, you got to get this into your leadership teams. This episode really is a, is crucial. It's a crucial team building episode, whether you are on an executive level leadership team on a team managed by executive level leadership, or you've been given any sort of responsibility of management within an organization, this episode is definitely for you. For the CEOs out there, the presidents, and the senior level officers, of course, you can glean from this too, as I said, uh, but I would really encourage you to get this into your culture, especially the culture of your teams that you are leading and into the foundational fabric of the organizations and businesses that you are a part of. I really believe this will be uh, powerful for you uh, if you implement and apply consistently. Now, this may not feel supernatural, as this is a supernatural leadership podcast. It may not feel supernatural in its content focus, but I can definitely assure you that in the eyes of those you lead with and who are leading you, if you apply these truths within your leadership and role, this will bring a greater credibility to the supernatural leader that you are called to be. So the question I'm asking today is, and I've already kind of said it, are you a filler or are you a builder? Are you a filler or are you a builder? Write that down if you're taking notes. Uh, and I hope you do. I hope you have a chance to take some notes every once in a while. But this is this is a huge question that everyone needs to ask themselves in their leadership, even if you're a parent out there, are you filling a role or are you actually building within the role that you've been entrusted with? Are you filling a spot or building within that spot really is another way to, to spin it or say it so we understand it differently. Let this question sink deep and take some time as we're talking about this thought to ponder, even pause it if you have to, ponder this thought. 
Do you believe that you are a filler or you are a builder when it comes to your leadership? And maybe there are components of this episode that will highlight in your leadership that you are part filler and part builder. But ultimately, we want to be builders. We want to advance. We want to take things to the next level. That's what we're called to do as supernatural leaders, to never stay stagnant, uh, to never just maintain or survive, but to really thrive and advance and move ahead in our leadership. Now, you know, why this question? I'm assuming you've probably already answered part of that for yourself. It's kind of obvious, somewhat common sense. But because in the kingdom, we either fill for ourselves or we build for others. When it comes to kingdom leadership, and it's not kingdom to obviously fill for ourselves, but this is one of the things that we do. We would we, we, will, we, we live the reality or the overflow of one of these elements. We either fill for ourselves. We do things for ourselves. We sacrifice only for ourselves, our personal gain, our personal benefit, or we build for others. In other words, we either sacrifice what's important, what really matters for our personal lives, or sacrifice things within our personal lives for what really matters or what's important. Let me say that again. We either sacrifice what's important, which is what really matters for our personal lives, or we sacrifice things within our personal lives for what's important or what really matters. And I say important in context to whatever mission in life God has called us to. Not that your personal life is not important, but much of the time we can be out of balance, as we all know, as supernatural leaders or as just as leaders in general, we can all be out of balance at times. And in fact, we are out of balance a lot of the time. We're constantly searching for balance, um, especially today with all these buzzwords you know, of self-care, self-love, self-help culture, etc. I'm all for making sure that our personal lives are healthy and strong, taken care of. But there comes a line, whether it crosses over into selfishness, laziness, complacency, and or a severe lack of discipline. It begins to look like, you know, uh, people beginning to cancel and abort their responsibilities as leaders, employees, parents, friendships for the confused, warped, selfish desires of self. When much of the time it's just because they don't feel like pulling through or pushing through on their commitments and responsibilities. So don't hear me say that self doesn't matter. Let's aim for balance. That's our goal and everything is balance. And let me continue on this thought to elaborate. If he has called you to build a great organization and business that is truly helping society, and yet you only care about your well-being and not the well-being of those within your organization, etc., then you have crossed this line that I just mentioned, and you've come out of balance. When we cross this line, we are just filling a role. We are not building within that role. When we find the balance, we become an effective leader in building within our role. Now, to make this practical, I want to outline seven signs we are a filler, and then seven signs that we are a builder. At the end of this episode, you'll be able to identify what type you are and we'll begin to see how you can shift where you may need to shift within your leadership. Now, let's dive into this. Seven signs. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but potent all the same. So if you're driving, if you're you know, in your office, if you're at the gym listening, don't worry. It's not going to be a 45 minute episode 
At least I don't think it will be unless all of a sudden something happens and, you know, we're, we're digging deeper than we thought we were going to dig today. But seven signs we are a filler, okay? Seven signs that we are a filler when it comes to our leadership. Number one, it's mostly, and I'm talking about roles here, okay? Roles, whatever role you have within an organization. When I say filler, when I say builder, I'm talking about role and responsibility. So, like I said, if you're a parent, at-home parent, full-time at-home parent, well, this is your role and responsibility. So, you can apply everything that I'm saying even to yourself as a parent. This applies to every area of life. And like I said in the beginning, this this you know mostly applies, I would say, in a really healthy way for those that are leading teams and are operating within leadership within a team. Um, of course, CEOs out there, you know, uh, directors and officers of all kinds of organizations and businesses, you can apply these truths too, and you want to get them into your team. Of course, you have to model it in the end because you may be also just filling a role, filling a position, but not really building. So. Let's just say it applies to everybody, but seven signs we are a filler. Like number one, I kind of just mentioned it, but let me just say it again. It's mostly an outlet for us. In other words, the motivation of why you are in that role or continuing in that role within that responsibility as a leader, it mostly serves the purpose of fulfilling a void in your life as an outlet. And I see this a lot, especially in church volunteer culture, church volunteer culture, where, you know, the goal of a healthy church volunteer culture is that people would find a seat on the bus. Let me say that again. The goal of a healthy church culture is that people would find a seat on the bus. And the reason why I say it just like that is because in the business world, it's all about finding the right seat on the right bus. Like you want to be in the right role, the right position. But as a volunteer, as somebody who is finding themselves in the context of community, you know, getting involved in the house of God, it's more important that we find a seat than necessarily finding the perfect seat or the right seat or the long-term seat. You'll eventually get there. You will eventually get there. I mean, this is even in business. You'll eventually get there. But you might not start at the ultimate. You might not start at the, you know, the ideal. And so in church culture, it's more important that you find a seat than you just wait for the perfect seat that you're going to occupy long term. And so a lot of people won't serve or don't want to get involved because it doesn't serve their needs, doesn't serve their purpose. But the purpose of serving the house of God is to serve the need of the house of God to create and facilitate a healthy community for people to encounter the living God in their everyday lives. And so whatever that means, David even said it. David was both king and priest. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, he said than to dwell in tents of the wicked. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I and mean, even though, you know, I'm a priest, I'm a, I'm a king, I'm the man, I mean, I'm given all the money for my son Solomon to build the temple. In the end, I so value the house of God that it doesn't matter where I am. As long as I'm serving, I'm in a better place than if I'm not. That's really the premise of what David was saying. As long as I'm connected, as long as I'm there. And so 
the reason why I say it's mostly an outlet for us as a sign of being a filler, if your only motivation for being in the seat that you're in, let's say in a church culture or even in a business culture, is that it feels good for you, then it probably you probably don't have the right heart and you're probably just filling a spot because, um, you know, really, if you're thinking about building and you're thinking about advancing, no matter what it takes, you're going to do whatever it takes and you're going to serve the needs of the organization, serve the needs of the house, serve the needs of the business until you, you know, you'll eventually get there. You'll eventually get in the right seat, but your motivation is different. Your motivation is to build, not just to fill a spot because of how it makes you feel. Number two, we feel no love for the people. Now, they're a sign of just being a filler. We feel no love for the people that we are serving. Now, this applies especially in customer service when it comes to business. Um, it applies, of course, to church. Like We exist for the people. We exist first to minister to God and second to minister to people. Um, as the church, as the ecclesia, the called out ones, those that make up the New Testament, New Covenant temple, we the people are the church. Um, but as soon as we lose our love for the people, we've lost the plot altogether and we're just filling a spot. We're routinely just serving, administrating, whatever it is that we're doing, fulfilling our duties, showing up at work at 9 a.m., clocking out at 5 o'clock, but we don't care about the people that we work with. We don't love any of them. We show no kindness, no patience, joy, being there with the people. If we're in that space, we're just a filler and we're not building. We're, we're eventually, we're really just slowly dying. That's what's happening. You're slowly dying if that's you and something needs to shift if you're not going to uh, either eventually quit or get fired because eventually somebody will figure it out that, hey, you're just not jiving here. You're not, it's not working for you. You're not showing that you even care about those that you're working with, the teams that you're on, et cetera, et cetera. Number three, you're more concerned with how the role makes you feel. More concerned with, or we're, we're more, more concerned with how the role makes us feel. Um, and it kind of ties into number one. It's an outlet for us. But we're more concerned with how it makes us feel. So therefore, we may not do certain things because of how it makes us feel. So we sacrifice the mission. We sacrifice the vision of building this organization forward, building this uh, you know, church forward, or building this business uh, because it doesn't, there's certain things that we are asked, being asked to do that we just don't like. It doesn't make us feel good. So it no longer is an outlet. It's not just an outlet. It's actually something that's actually a pain point. And I don't like how it makes me feel, and therefore I'm not going to do it. If that's you, you're just filling a spot, and you're not willing to pay the price and make the necessary sacrifices to actually stretch your your tent or your role, so to speak, to create room for advancement and growth. Number four, we are not concerned with growing the team by pursuing new people. So we have a very um, inclusive um, or exclusive, sorry, exclusive mentality. We have an exclusive. So, you know, we're not including new people. We're not trying to grow new people. It's become very clicky. It's become very small in mindset. We're afraid of bringing new people in because we're afraid of destroying the awesome, secure, comfortable culture that we have. And therefore, we stagnate. We don't grow. We don't advance. And really, that's fear-based. Um, but we're just not concerned with growing the team. 
uh, by pursuing new people. And maybe it's because of the fear. Maybe it's because of what things I just said. Or maybe it's just because you're tired, you're feeling a little bit lazy, complacent, you don't have a plan, don't have a purpose, don't have a, a vision. To, to pursue new people, to invest in new people. This applies to businesses that, you know, maybe need to go from employee number 10 to employee 15. You need to hire five more people, but you're, you're, you're afraid. You, you, you don't want to do that. You're afraid of what it's going to cost you. You're afraid of the money, the, all the kinds of, all the reasons and things that stop us from advancing our human resource department, uh, you know, really can affect whether or not we're leading effectively and we're just filling a role. Uh, I want us to think big. I want us to think outside of the box. I want us to think that, you know, really to lead an effective, healthy organization and culture, we have to be thinking about growing. And one of those areas is by pursuing new people, growing the team that you are responsible for leading. Number five, we complain more about what's not happening than investing time and energy into solutions. It's a big one. We complain more about what's not happening than investing time and energy into solutions. It's so easy to point out the stuff. You know, we don't have to be prophetic or even largely, you know, operating in the gift of discernment to be able to point out the faults, find the negatives, you know, to be the glass half empty type of uh, individual where we're kind of always in the cynical, critical place. If we are in that place and we're not bringing actionable solutions to the table, we are just filling a role. And I see this all the time, and I've seen this m much in the charitable organizational world and the church world, but even in business, people that you know will be the first person to say we need to do this or you need to stop doing this. And if you just did this, you would you know this would be accomplished and you'd grow over here and you'd fix this problem. And then, you know, I'm like, often this my own experience. I'm like, uh, okay, awesome. I agree. I think that's an amazing solution. Amazing idea. I permit you to action that bring me an actionable first step or bring me the next five steps. Like, or I give you permission and authority to do the whole thing you're talking about. And we walk away from that table, and let me just tell you that eight out of ten times, nothing happens. There are those few times where people do uh, bring those solutions and actually do action them and do follow through. It's one. It's also one thing to action something, and then a whole other thing to create a system of follow up to continue that action. We have a lot of starters. Starting's great, but finishing is even better. Starting is good. It's great. We need to start have vision, plow the ground, make the first step, put the first stake in the ground. But finishing is even better. And so that's the goal. Don't just start, we wanna finish. So, hey everyone, before we continue on with this interview, I have some exciting news to share with you. The Supernatural Leadership School is now live. The platform has been launched with our very first e-course called the Voice of God Module. I would encourage you head over to SupernaturalLeadership.com and sign up today and begin a brand new Supernatural Leadership journey. You know, I, I just want to encourage everybody out there, if, if you have people on your team doing that or you are that individual doing that within your team to your leadership, to the, uh, you know, the CEO, the president, the whatever, the leader that's over top of you, managing you, managing the project, if you're going to bring complaints and critiques, I would encourage you to bring solutions, even if they say, you know what, 
I think that's just a great solution. They take your solution and they action it. Awesome. I mean, that's easy for you. But if you bring solutions, it's better that you bring a solution and get denied than just bring a critique. It's always better to bring a solution and get denied than to just bring a critique. So I want to encourage us to, to be actionable in this area. Don't just be a filler because if we do that, we're just filling a role. Number six, we're constantly making excuses as to why we can't make things better. We're constantly making excuses as to why we can't make things better. That's number six. Kind of ties in a little bit to number five. Um, finding reasons why we can't do things. So maybe we bring a an actionable solution, but we don't want to take the action because we have all kinds of reasons why we just can't do it. Um, and so, hey, if you can't do it, find someone else to do it. Because if it's a real solution, I believe somebody will pick it up. Somebody will action it. Somebody will make it work if it's a workable solution. So let's leave our excuses at the door so we can no longer be just a filler, but start building within our leadership Role number seven, we are always planning last minute. This is a huge one. It's a huge one. I think so many people uh, struggle with this, struggle with this. I think a lot of times we all do. It depends on how busy we are, too. I think the busier that we get, the more challenging it becomes to not plan things last minute. And uh, I know there are some things in specific types of careers that obviously you're always going to have last minute things. You're going to have last minute changes. You're going to have last minute things that you think about, especially as a creative, being a creative and I'm a creative uh, for sure. I'm always creating content. I'm always creating, always writing. And one of the things about being a creative is that you can't necessarily turn on when you're going to have the best idea. You can't turn on I'm going to have the perfect idea, you know, five days before the deadline. It's not just how it, that's not how it works. That would be awesome if, I, if, I, if that's how it worked. But sometimes, I mean, like I'm like the day before and I'm in the shower or I'm in like a, a private moment. Uh, you know, maybe I'm before bed. I'm about to fall asleep and I get the idea that I've been looking for for the last five, six, seven days. And last minute now I'm planning. If that becomes a habit, though, if that's always and only how it goes, I would say it's not just something that's part of your creative leadership. It's actually a pattern and a habit that we need to break and uh, so that we can begin to build because you can't build that way. You can't build in a last minute. Uh, I'm always getting last minute ideas uh, You know, every time. You can't build that way. Architects don't build a house by last minute planning. They have to think through all the different parts and things that have to go into, especially if you're a general contractor. I mean, you're managing a massive project. You can't just think of things last minute. Yes, you will. And you may think of certain things and may make adaptations. That's okay. Like creative adaptations is one thing. And you're always going to have that. But to do things last minute and be purposeful in planning last minute because you're lazy and don't want to think ahead that's a whole other thing. And if you're doing that all the time within your leadership role, you're planning schedules last minute, you're kind of doing everything last minute all the time, you're not building within your role. You're just filling a role. You're just getting it done for the sake of getting it done. I can tell when someone wants to be a builder by how they plan because I can see, man, they're way ahead of the game. They're thinking 10 steps down the road. Man, they're like, and even if they're not the most administrative people, they're still thinking in vision. They're still thinking in strategy and through mission. And because of that, they're actually able to build better than those that are always haphazardly planning last 
minutes. So we want to get through this and over that if we're going to be builders. Number, okay, so now we're going to move on to, we went through seven signs of are you a filler? Now we're going to go through seven signs of are we a builder? Number one, are you a builder? Number one, first telltale sign. Thinking of the people we are trying to reach rather than only those we are trying to keep. Let me say it again. Thinking of the people we are trying to reach than only those we are trying to keep. Always thinking of expansion, in other words. Or, you know, I think that fillers are so concerned with just trying to maintain and keep those that are currently within their leadership. Like it's, I kind of mentioned it in the last seven where I talked about those that don't want to grow their team. Like they're so, they're more concerned about keeping the team that they have and that, you know, the chances are actually they're going to lose the team that they have if they don't grow the team. If they don't expand the team, and even when you expand the team, you you lose people because people don't like transition. They don't like the new people. They get used to the people that are always around them. You add new people in. I've seen this quite a bit in leadership. You, you bring new people in. It's like it destroys the vibe. Well, you know, it doesn't destroy the vibe. It just destroys your comfort. And you think it's a vibe. It's not a vibe. It's just your comfort. And so we need to be thinking outside of ourselves on this stuff if we're going to be builders. And so thinking about expansion, don't be so concerned about those you're trying to maintain and keep that you sacrifice those that you're actually trying to reach. Um, and this is huge for especially church culture, you know, like pastors and lead pastors and ministries can be so concerned with, you know, trying to please all the people that are in their community. And, you know, they have the, the right color of carpet and the right this and the right that. They're trying to please the people that they forget about the people that they exist to reach. And uh, this is dangerous. And this is dangerous. But it applies to every every sphere of society, every type of organization and business. Because people are always a part of every and all parts of Anything that we do, there's people, whether it's employees, whether it's clients, it, people are everywhere. It's all part of everything. I mean, there's no revenue without people. Um, and so number two, number two, conscious of making the people we have do better. Conscious of making the people we do have better. Sorry. Conscious of making the people we do have better. In other words, we're thinking about developing them. Signs that we're a builder is that we are very aware that making people, making the people that we do have with us and around us better and bigger is the sign of a builder. Not trying to keep them, but, uh, but, but see them develop or keep them, keep them at the place where they are, keep them sort of sustaining, surviving, but to develop them, to grow them, to advance them. Spiritual terms would be to disciple them, to disciple them, to raise them up as solid supernatural leaders. This is the sign of a builder that I want to raise people up. I want them to be better. I want them to do better. I want them to be better than me. That's the sign of a builder. I want them to go beyond me. One of the prayers I have for my kids every night is that they would be better than I am in every area. I think the goal of every parent should be and probably subconsciously, whether they would say it or not, is is that they would be better than them. I want my kids to be beyond me in my relationship with God and my understanding. I want them to be beyond me in every area. It's just the heart of a father, a heart of a good leader. To to, to for that my you've heard it you've heard it said like that our ceiling, my ceiling would become the next generation's floor. Number three, 
that people want to be around us. Third sign that we are a builder is people want to be around us. Do people like you? I mean, this is such an easy common sense sort of thing, but it's true. People don't want to be around you. You're probably not building. You're probably just filling a role. People are attracted to vision. People are attracted to leaders that want to build, that want to grow. You know, people are attracted to people that are on the move. Uh, people aren't attracted to idleness and laziness and plateau and and just maintenance mode. That's not attractive. People want people and leaders uh, that are building, that are advancing, that are moving ahead. Number four, we have time. We take time to plan ahead. This kind of connects to the last point, number seven of are you a filler? You know, planning last minute. Number four here in this one is we have we take time to plan ahead. We're thinking ahead. We're planning ahead. Doing the opposite of planning last minute. We're thinking beyond just the present. This is huge. Sign of sign that we're a builder. Number five, we're ready to sacrifice preference for the purpose. Sacrifice preference for the purpose. I prefer, um, you know, let's say pizza, but purpose, you know, I need to be healthy. I need to be strong. I need the proper protein. Um, I don't need that dairy, so I'm going to eat, you know, some chicken breast and basmati rice with a little bit of olive oil, potentially, and salt with some asparagus. So, you see, I'm sacrificing my preference for something uh, for purpose, and the purpose is I want to be healthy. Well, apply this to any area of business culture, organizational culture, church culture, that we're quick, we're so, e- it's so, we're so quick to make purpose sound or preference sound like purpose you know we want this song sung in church because of abc and we think it has purpose but really it's just our preference we like that song but maybe it doesn't work in a in a church context or that's that's just an easy one for most ministries out there churches out there you would know like worship culture this is one this is one big one you know it's very easy to mix our preferences up with purpose um, whether or even on a Sunday, like your messages, like you may have a preference of wanting to speak on this one thing, but this is not the purpose of the season or, or, you know, this applies to business culture. You may have a preference to uh, have a coffee shop in your business office, but it doesn't really serve to advance the purpose because nobody's coming in uh, to your business to get coffee. They're coming in to deliver, you know, mail and packages and no one's staying to sticking around. So, you know, just buy an espresso. You don't need a coffee shop. So it doesn't serve the purpose, but maybe there are some employees and some team members that have a preference for that because it serves their purpose. It's their preference, but it doesn't serve the greater purpose. Number six, we care about how our role affects everyone around us. This is really this the the honor code, I would say. This is this is honoring what you've been given. You this is honoring your responsibility. We care about how our role affects everyone around us. We care about what our title, what our function, what our example and how that affects the culture around us. This is the sign that we are a builder. We are in awareness of how and everything that we do and say impacts the culture that we are leading within. Number seven, last one, sign that we are a builder. We think about being the example in every situation. We think about being an example or the example in every situation. This kind of connects to number six. It's kind of an overflow a little bit, an extension. 
Thinking about being an example. This is huge. Every time you have the opportunity to have conflict with a coworker or a disagreement, how are you handling yourself? Are you handling yourself in a professional manner? Or are you handling yourself the way you would maybe at home when your shoes are off, you're relaxed, you're sitting on the couch? You know, how are you handling? How are you conducting yourself? Now, I would encourage you to be, you know, to live out privately what you want to live publicly. But let's just be honest, we all make mistakes and sometimes we get so relaxed, we forget where we are. And so there's things that you won't do and ways that you won't or, or ways you won't react in in within certain environments um, that you might uh, react in other environments. And so you want to be you want to be conscious of like where you are and, and how are you being an example uh, really in every situation. Now, of course, this is scratching the surface and we could continue to, to go on and on about many, many different signs that, that we are a builder. This is just a few to provoke you. And I want to encourage us to make small steps within our leadership today, applying at least one or all seven signs of a builder to whatever role we currently are responsible for. Maybe you're an at-home parent and this works within the family in the most amazing way for you. If you could begin to apply, just apply, apply, apply. And I, I guarantee you something will happen. There will be transformation Things will begin to change within your leadership. Just a few takeaways as we close. I didn't quite hit um, uh, 45 minutes, um, but I did go longer than I thought I would. So, hey, that hopefully that's a good sign. But, hey, here are a few takeaways. Remember, the baseline of this episode is a question. Are you filling a spot or building within that spot? Why? Because in the kingdom, we either fill for ourselves or we build for others. We either sacrifice what's important, which is what really matters, for our personal lives, or we sacrifice things within our personal lives for what's important or what really matters. And I'm not going to go through all seven signs that we are a filler and all seven signs that we are a builder. You can do that. But I want to give you an activation. I want to give you an activation today to take some actionable steps starting today to apply the seven signs of a builder to your current role and give yourself grace. Like, you know, give yourself grace. I don't expect anybody to be flawless at applying all seven of these right away every single day and like mastering them all. But give yourself grace. Try to shift at least one, one, take one of the seven of becoming a builder, one of the seven and really work at it, really work at it for the next 30 days. And I want you to document over the next 30 days. So I'm just giving you a month. Document the challenges to implement that one thing. Document your wins, how you start seeing like, okay, this is working. This is working. I'm being conscious of this. It's I'm applying this in my work context, in my career, in my leadership, in my management, uh, whatever, whatever type of role you have. Document your wins. Document how it's working. Document how you feel at the end of those 30 days. And I think you will be surprised. So you're going to document your challenges, how it's beginning to work, and then I want you to document how you feel at the end of those 30 days. Do you feel like you've been able to live it out now and it's become a part of your leadership? That you would Now, you could confidently say, I'm a builder in this area. This is the goal. This is the goal of every Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode is that you would apply, 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 and see transformation in your leadership. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. My name is Sean Gaby, helping you and the leader within you become a lot more supernatural. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 
If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.